Well, hey there, everybody. This is Dave DeBow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Don't try to say that three times in a row quickly. And my special guest today is none other than Mr. Russell Westcott. Russell, how are you doing today? Hey, Dave, doing fantastic. It's an amazing day today. It's an amazing day to be alive out here. You know, we're not like those people out in the prairies that are freezing their, you know, what's off at the moment. Exactly. So as we're recording this, and goodness knows when you'll be getting this, but it's the middle of winter here. Russell's in the lovely lower mainland of British Columbia, up in Kamloops, but he's originally a prairie boy, so he's keeping an eye on what the temperature's like out there. Yes, I have family and friends that are out there that they're very clearly and very quickly tell me how cold it is. <laughs> what else have they got to do in the middle of the winter at the prairies, right? <laughs> well, curling, obviously. <laughs> so for those of you, if you haven't had the pleasure of meeting Russell in the past or, or listening to Russell speak because he, he speaks in front of a lot of real estate investment clubs. Russell Westcott is a very, very accomplished real estate entrepreneur. Uh, he was one of the top fellows and people in charge at the Real Estate Investment Network for many, many, many years. That's how Russell and I first met each other. He not only teaches this stuff, which he's done to literally thousands and thousands of people across Canada over the years, he does it. And uh, he's probably best known for authoring a book, Joint Venture Secrets, all about creating joint ventures. So when it comes to real estate investing, Russell's either done it or he's helped people do it or he knows a billion and a half people who've already done it. He's had his fingers one way and the other in the, the real estate game for many, many, many years. One of the things, I don't know if I ever told you this, Russell, one of the things I really appreciate about, appreciate about you is you, you tell it like it is. I mean, a lot of real estate so-called gurus they just talk about all the wins, right? Everything's just sunshine and flowers 24-7 for them. What I really appreciate about Russell is he talks about the wins, but he also talks about some of the not-so-good experiences that he's had in real estate investing. And he really helps people to avoid making those kind of mistakes or to be aware of the downside as well as, as the upside when it comes to real estate investing. So really appreciate that, buddy. And and looking forward to our chat today. So Dave, you said investing for many, 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 many years. So I heard four. Does that, are you saying, are you implying I'm old? Is that what you're trying well, you're to imply? you as old as I am, my friend. And today <laughs> as we're recording this, it's your birthday. So happy yes. birthday to you. We do what we love and real estate is in our blood and we love talking to people. Let's put it this way. I have my entire afternoon blocked for consultation and strategy calls with investors, helping people from age like 21. I had a meeting yesterday with a guy that was 77 and everything in between. So I'm just, just loving it. But before we dive into this, Dave, I want to just acknowledge you and congratulate you on, you know, you had your virtual, the boot camp that you had your virtual boot camp and your launch of your podcast. You're just out there, you're crushing it. You're providing an unbelievable service and value for people out there. And how times have changed, haven't they, Dave? You have a virtual boot camp where you actually don't have to leave your home. When we first got started, it was like we had to go and fly to Edmonton to go see a guy present on a stage to get our information. So exactly. congratulations. Congratulations to you, first and foremost. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that, buddy. That's for sure. Why don't you, why don't we go way, 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 way back? <laughs> I was five. I heard five. <laughs> so when you first started real estate, what, what got you into it? How did you decide to jump into real estate? What were you doing beforehand? You know, tell us just very briefly yeah. how you got started. Well, I will try to keep it as brief as possible, but uh, you know, as long as we both have been around this, there is a, there's a, a story and everybody has a story and that's what I love. I love the stories uh, around this. So 
when I actually look back at it, I had no indication that I would ever get into real estate ever. Was, I, I grew up in a small town in Saskatchewan. I grew up in a mobile home park. I actually never even lived in a house until I was, I think I was about 14 or 15 years was when we lived in our first house. I'd never bought a place. I was renting a basement suite and, you know, nothing said that I would be pointed towards real estate. For me, kind of that moment for me was a, a milestone birthday. I was just turning a little over 30. I was turning 30 years old and I had a self-diagnosed Peter Pan syndrome that I didn't ever want to grow up, right? So then the answer to me came in the form of Oprah, watching Oprah. And I saw Robert Kiyosaki on the Oprah Winfrey show. Um, I got introduced to this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I have two copies on my bookshelf behind me. You can see here in the corner. They're the purple ones right up in the little corner, right up there, right? The little purple book. And that was my inception moment into that, which led me into a workshop, which led me into meeting Don Campbell, which led me into becoming part of the Real Estate Investment Network, which led me into taking action as a real estate investor. And it all started by watching Oprah. Very interesting. I did not know that story. That's very, very cool. So I know you've done different things and you've, you've done anything from condos up to multifamily properties. What is your, your kind of your main focus these days? What are you focusing on when it comes to your own personal investing? Well, you know, I, I'm, I'm in a luxury of um, probably where I'm at in my real estate investing life cycle is, you know, I don't need any more rental properties right now. I'm, I'm just to put this way. I'm constantly looking for properties to add to my rental portfolio. So really my strategy is I actually have three types of strategies. I have a short-term strategy of like doing some flips and some short-term stuff, but those are very, very rare, right? Very rare. I have a medium-term strategy of making some money, doing some developments and building some duplexes and fourplexes. And we actually have a model of eight plexes with some business partners partners that I'm working on. And then I have a long-term strategy of buy and hold real estate. But right now, my number one focus for the next, you know, say seven to 10 years is to make money off my real estate to pay off all my mortgages. And within 10 years, I want to be free and clear across all my entire portfolio rental properties. Very nice. So your portfolio, your long-term buy and hold portfolio, what does that consist of primarily? Of yeah. yeah, it's primarily uh, townhouse, townhomes, condos, apartment units, things like that. But here's the thing is I'm actually divesting some of those and I'm actually getting into brand new construction. Side-by-side -side duplexes, side-by-side -side duplexes with suites mm -hmm. and suited houses, suited house with garages. So I'm actually divesting a lot of the old and getting new construction built properties. So Russell, it starts, it sounds like you got off on the right foot. I mean, you watched Kiyosaki on Oprah. That was a pivotal time for him as well. That's when he kind of exploded. You got involved with the Real Estate Investment Network. So you did a lot of things right at the beginning, but knowing what you know now, if you were to go back in time, what, if anything, would you do differently? Well, you know, it's, it's funny. It's actually um, part of a, a teaching module. Something that I teach is, I call it the three pillars of real estate. It's what you buy, where you buy, and who you rent to. Of those three things, the most important is who you rent to right? Number three. But then once you know who you rent to, that then determines what you buy and where you buy. So probably the biggest mistake I made was I was buying properties at a fairly breakneck pace without the consideration of my ideal tenant personas and designing who the tenant were, who's the right tenant for the right property in the right area. And all I was doing was I was looking at a property, okay, price, number, pro forma, cash flow, it's going to cash flow, okay, buy it as many as I can buy. And without any consideration as, okay, well, who's going to rent that sucker from you? And then, you know, and, and it just kind of seems to make sense yeah. 
until you've been through the ringer a few times, I guess. Well, it's, it's amazing, Dave. Everyone will sit there and go, yeah, that, that makes sense. So few people will actually, if I ask the question, everybody asks the question, what do I buy and where do I buy? And then I'll always answer is, okay, who's your tenant? And they'll go, well, I don't know. And that's the number one thing you have to determine is who are you, who's your customer? Who's your, who are you going to rent this place to? Then that'll determine the other two things accordingly. And very few people will actually give consideration to uh, who their, who their customer is before they actually pull the trigger and stroke a, you know, a three, four, $500,000 purchase, right? So if you were to go back, who would you choose as your ideal customer, your ideal tenant? You know, my ideal tenant profile is, is essentially somebody who's on the cusp of actually owning right? They have uh, their family, you know, in the market that I'm at, I actually, you know, one, one spouse is an oil field worker. The other spouse is a part-time person. They have two young children. They have a Ford F-150 in the driveway. And then they also drive an, an SUV. They have a cat that's probably about a cat or a dog that's one and a half years older than the oldest child. And they're they probably- matching his or her skidoos and, and all Yes. <laughs> But to that point, you have to, you actually have to get down to that point where you actually maybe even give them a name and give them a persona because here's the thing is I then will find housing in the neighborhoods they want to live in, the churches they go to, the schools they want to go to, the, the, the community, the sports that the kids play in, and then I design the house and the area around the tenant first. That's pretty smart. So let's kind of ties into Dave, I had a few more hair follicles when I started, so that's how I learned those lessons. I, I hear you, brother. What so with that in mind, that kind of ties into this question. So, what do you you know? You work with a lot of real estate investors from all different experience levels. What are some of the biggest mistakes you see people making these days when it comes to real estate investing? Is it not knowing who the heck their ideal tenant is? Is that well, absolutely number one? I would say that's the one. Number two is I would say it's a, is a corollary to that, and the corollary would be is buying properties based on quantity and not quality. So most people will sit there and, and, and I get it. I 100% get it. I was, you know, when I first got going, I, I got stuck in my ego and I got stuck. I was a guy on stage. Remember, I was the guy on stage saying, look at me, look at me. Dun, 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 dun. I'm super investor. Look at all those really wonderful things I've done and telling people bought this place and bought this one. And I was just on this breakneck pace. I focused on the quantity and not the quality of the property. Right. And, you know, so you see a lot of people making that same mistake. I, I do. They're, let's put it this way. People fall on two, two ends of the spectrum. They're either going way too fast and they're just rapid breakneck growth without the underpinning support of the business fundamentals, or they're really having a hard time actually to pull the trigger on the first deal. And they just, you know, just can't even get them to buy the first place or just can't get past the fear. So I, I see it. There's those two bookends. And I think the perfect investor is somebody in between somebody who knows what they're buying. They have a, a system in place and they're just slow and steady wins the race. It, it's a marathon distance at a sprinter's pace. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. Russell, you've, you've gotten into coaching and training. Well, you've always been a, a teacher at heart. I know that's, that's one of your big passions. Now that you're doing your own thing, who is it that you are primarily working with when it comes to, you know, real estate investors? Are they people that are just getting into the game or people who've got a lot of experience under their belt? Almost anybody. Yeah. Well, you know, unlike, you know, similar to you, Dave, you're a firm believer in, in education because, and I believe in two things. One of the firm fundamental beliefs I have is in order to learn something deeper yourself, you need to, it is actually your duty to teach other people. 
right? Because if you think about it, if you actually teach somebody else something you just learned, you're reinforcing what you just learned, and you're potentially inspiring somebody else to learn something new to elevate their game at the same time. So it is one of the most rewarding things you can ever do is to teach other people what you've done or how to do it as well. It's bar none, one of the best rewarding experience. The other thing that happens too is if you're teaching other people what you're doing, it holds you accountable that you have to go do it yourself, right? Just to be authentic to who you are and part of your teaching. Or, you know, you can always tell us, you know, look, I haven't done this. I haven't bought, I haven't, you know, I haven't bought warehousing, but I know some people who have, and I can talk to you about how to perform, you know, the cap rates and all those kind of wonderful things. I can teach that, but I make no bones about it, but I haven't done it. Right. So it just holds me accountable to keep moving forward and keep elevating everybody else. Because if you actually inspire others and you encourage others and you make them turn them into leaders, right, as a good educator, you should actually be proud when your students surpass everything you've done by a tenfold. That is actually the goal of a good teacher is to create other leaders as opposed to just, you know, look at me, look at me type of thing. Right. Very good. So, what would you say is the main, because I know you can, you can help people with many, many different things. What would you say is the main problem that you help people solve? Well, you know, I've broken down into, there's actually, you know, it's, it's funny. I have, a, I have an entire presentation called What's Stopping You? where I'll walk into a group and I'll sit there and we'll actually part the first part of the presentation is I'll walk people through and I'll ask the question. Okay, let's, let's be honest. Let's be open and honest and transparent, yellowed everything. And I'll put on a flip chart or a whiteboard and I'll say, what's stopping you? And we'll just list everything, everything from the banks to can't find properties to fear to we'll just put it all in the whiteboard. And it comes out to, without question, with every group I've ever presented to, it comes down to three things. There's three things that are stopping people. Number one is time. Number two is money. And number three is mindset. So I coin it's the TM squared, right? And of those three, I honestly think the most important is the mindset. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing is if I was to have a presentation that I put on there and go, today we're going to talk about the five steps of mindset training, right? Nobody would show up. Everybody, it's, it's funny. It's the thing that people need the most, but it's the thing they want to hear the least of. So they think they already know it, right? That's absolutely. Right. Or they just, or they think it's fluffy, right? So I think the biggest challenge that real estate investors face is the money. Where do you find the money to keep moving forward? And that's actually been an obsession of mine for the past 15 years of doing that as training is to answer one question is where do you get the capital to keep buying properties and building a portfolio? Very good. So what would you say, you know, whether it's to do with mindset or the money, what would you say would be one action any of our listeners right now could take, overcome, you know, pick one of those, which action do you think they could take right now to either help crack the the mindset challenge or the money challenge? I like to over deliver. I'm going to do two things. I I think two of the critical success events in this is, is number one is you need to have access to some good deals, right? You need to be known for something. You need to be known for somebody. You need to be known as, you know, early in your career, Dave, you were, you were the rent you were rent guy, right? You were the guy and did, you know, 18 flips in 18 months in the Kamloops market. You were known for something. 
right? So be known for something and have access to deals is number one. Number two is hang around with people that have capital, right? With investors that have the capital. And then what you're doing is you're just connecting good deals to money and you're the person in between that gets a, port, a piece of the action in between. And it all depends on what level of involvement you are with both sides to what level you get paid. But really the critical success event in this is tying people with capital together with people with deals. And that's really the two critical success events. So rain is a great place to do that. Are there any other suggestions of, of places where you can find people with the capital and find people with the deals? Oh, you know, so, so, and I actually, it's funny. I actually have a, a checklist of like over 101 places at the end of the day, David, it's wherever you show up mm -hmm. as truly is who you are when you show up. And, and I'm going to share one of my favorite personal stories of all of this. I, I believe, and you know, we have a little bit of a difference on this, Dave, which is good that we have a difference. I believe that wherever you show up, turning the conversation to a real estate conversation is one of the best ways to have it, right? And I know you have a different, a little bit of a different approach, but both work, both 100% work. Funniest story of how I turned a conversation into a real estate conversation was I was in Toronto and I was delivering a workshop that night and I woke up in the morning and I had this pain, let's put it this way, I was passing a kidney stone Ooh. while in Toronto. They had to call an ambulance and I was in the back of an ambulance on an IV drip with morphine and things to get things flowing. You know, if you get my drift in the back of the ambulance, the paramedic asked me the question. So what are you doing in town? Because I was at an airport hotel. I'm just in there. I go, do I do this or not? Oh, what the hell? So I'm in town to help inspire a group You're of feeling no pain at this point. Right? how to invest in real estate and how to use other people's money to invest in real estate. I said that to the paramedic. Yeah. And then I shut up and I wanted him to say, well, yeah, that's really cool. I've always thought about investing in real estate. So bottom line, I turned the conversation into a real estate conversation in the back of an ambulance while passing a kidney stone. So <laughs> the message here, Dave, is not to impress anybody. What it really is, is to impress upon you to what length will you go to share your message with people? That's really the point of that story. Yeah, you know what, and I don't, I, I don't disagree with you, uh, Russell. We, we have slightly different viewpoints on it. I think what I try to say is I just see so many people do it in a sloppy way, and it right. just comes, okay. comes across as needy and creepy. So if you've got a good way, you know, the, the whole 30-second commercial idea, I think you and I have a common friend, uh, Julie Broad. She had the best 30-second commercial I ever heard when people said, what do you do? She said, I collect houses. Yep. You know, and that, that just created the curiosity. They'd start the conversation, but that's, in, you know, that's, that's something short and sweet that gets somebody else asking questions. So it's but all it's, about it's, how you do as it. As long as it's true and authentic to who you are as a, as a person. And really, here's the, here's the thing. The 100% of the intention, as you know, Dave, is to help the other person. Yeah. That's number one, the intention about how you will get investors coming to you. If you have an intention to help them, if you detach yourself to what you're going to get from the transaction and what you're going to get from the deal and detach yourself from the result and your only focus is to help the other person fulfill upon what they want to accomplish and you participate with them winning, you will have an endless supply of investors lined up at your door. Fantastic, my friend. So if people are interested in finding out more about Russell Westcott, whoop, whoop. <laughs> that's our, that's our time is up. So if people are interested in finding out more about Russell Westcott and, and what you do and who you work with, what would you have them do? Well, you know, I think the best place would just go to my website. That's kind of the hub of everything. And it's russellwestcott.com. Two S's, two L's, and there's a T in Westcott, Westcott. So 
I'll put the I'll put the links along with that. So there you go. And if people go to your sites, you have any free information or anything like that? Any goodies that you got? Well, actually, it's fun. Fun. I, I actually just created something for just you to this morning, Dave. Um, what I'm going to offer to your listeners is I'm going to offer them um, a script, and I call this my investor qualification script. So what I'm going to do for you, for your, your guys is if you're interested, you can go to russellwestcott.com slash script. Okay. And that's where you can download it. What this is, is it's my killer questions that I ask to get people to a point where I'm qualifying them. I think the most difficult step and the most important step of the whole process is to get the person qualified before you ever present a property. I need to know that the person is qualified to work with me and I need to know the reasons why. And I need to know that they're ready to move forward before I'll ever take the time to show them a deal. So this checklist and this script has actually been years of trial and terror in the making. And uh, I'll offer that to, to your, to your podcast listeners. And actually I'll put a, a little video around it on how to use it on how to use the script and how to qualify people. Sounds awesome. There you go. Check it out. Russell, thank you very much, my friend. It's always a pleasure. Hey Dave, happy to help anytime, my friend. Take care. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. Be very, very much appreciated. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at Investor Attraction Demo dot com. Take care.